what's up everyone four wins in june we're back here just after one series finished and the other one is you know going to the brink of a game seven potentially yeah uh it's been a roller coaster of emotions for sure since the last podcast um <clears throat> obviously lakers fans sorry about that you guys weren't able to complete the job but man it's been stressful over the last week or so uh, the Celtics going down and waking up, and now we, who knows what's going to happen. But we'll get into that later. Obviously, we want to start with the Lakers series. The Lakers Nuggets. Uh, Nuggets complete the sweep in L.A. over LeBron and A.D. What are your thoughts, first off? Yeah, I just think Nikola Jokic is insane. He's proved that he was the best player on the court on that series, making all those tough step backs. Of course, in the paint, he's a beast. And then his decision-making, he always just makes the right decision. And when you're, you know, supported by Jamal Murray, your second star averaging 30 points off, like, 50% shooting, that's insane. Then just all the role players, Bruce yeah. Brown, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, stepped up really big in the last game. Yeah, 3 for 5 from 3. Mm-hmm. Had the toe on the line, should have been 4 for 6. That's true, yeah. So. so you just can't, you know, discount them enough. They're a great team, and they're here yeah. for, for a reason. Yeah, they have every attribute of a championship team. They have a really good coach. They have a really good star player, really good second option who's not uh, overconfident, wants to step into that star role necessarily. They got really good GM who built a fantastic team. I've been saying that all season. The Nuggets roster is amazing. They built a fantastic roster around Jokic. Yeah. They didn't try to do the three-star system where they just try and build, uh, spend a lot of money. They went out and found really good role players who know their role and play really well and are complementary to Jokic. Now, they're not just good players. They fit Jokic's model, mm-hmm. and they did that so well, so it's really no surprise they're in the finals. Yeah, and so it's the first time that the Nuggets ever swept anyone in the playoffs, and it's also the first time that they made the the finals. So congratulations to the Nuggets. Big yeah, things we, happening in Denver. Yeah, something about the air up there. <laughs> <laughs> the Mile High City, it, it gets people. Yeah. And that, that's actually a thing. Like, you have to go and play up there. Like, it's tough. Yeah, so. They're undefeated at home in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Only team. Only yeah. team left. So, yeah, the Nuggets, great team. Uh, you know, you just every game you didn't think, even that it was close with the Lakers, you just didn't think they would win. Like, yeah. they didn't have that X factor. I mean, it felt like the same story over and over again. Like, LeBron and AD get out to a fast start and they get a lead, but then you're like, the lead's only like six points. Mm-hmm. Like, you really expect me that they hold on to this? And the second half comes out, and guess what? They look gassed. They looked exhausted. They start walking up the court. They start making the extra effort on defense. And that's when Jokic and the Nuggets, who are considerably younger, <laughs> made the extra play, and they win the game. Mm-hmm. So it's just really that, that simple. Yeah. And so everyone's talking about LeBron, right, his future, where he's going to do, where, or where he's going to go, what he's going to do. Uh, what do you think? Do you think it's all just a show just to get attention to say, oh, maybe I might not be back? Or So when I first heard the interview when he said, I have a lot of consider, like maybe I don't come back, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, that's Cap. No way he doesn't come back. It's LeBron James. Mm-hmm. But like as people have talked about it and like as I thought about it, it, I could see a path where he does sit out a year. I could see a path where he says, hey, I'm tired. I want a break. And then he comes back a year after and plays with Bronny. I could see that happening. 
But I don't think it's likely. I think he still plays next year. Yeah, I think so too. I think the the only path where that makes sense is, yeah, he retires for a year, watches Bronny in college, and then watches him get drafted and then signs yeah. with whatever team drafts him. Right? And by that point, his contract to Lakers will be up, a player option. He can look at the draft be like, hey, I'm coming back. Who's going to draft Bronny? Because he also knows if LeBron is retires before Bronny gets drafted, Bronny's draft talk is going to plummet. Because, like, we're not even sure if Bronny's going to get much playing time at USC. Like, USC is a stacked team, mm-hmm. especially at the guard position. Like, I don't know much college basketball. I was just talking to some people who know a lot more. And, like, if he's not the best guard on USC, they really think he's going to be a projected top 10 pick without LeBron's influence. That's not going to happen. No, yeah. He definitely brings a lot of clout and a lot of draft stock for, for Bronny. Just saying, I want to play my son yeah. makes him a top 10 pick, mm-hmm. no matter how good he is. Like, even if it's just for a year. Yeah. Like, that puts you in championship contention. Well, not even championship contention. You get LeBron's farewell tour. Do you know how much money that would make? Yeah, that's a good Think point back to well. D-Wade's farewell tour. Every game was basically nationally televised, like, who's he going to give the jersey swap to? Who's he going to say bye to? Well, the crowd is going to love him. That's going to be 100 times amplified for LeBron. D-Wade, Kobe. This going to be like Kobe. Yeah, Yeah, Paul Pierce. Maybe a little no, more. <laughs> the truth. What was it, Draymond calling him out? Yeah. <laughs> they don't hey, love you like that? <laughs> hey, that was, that was uh, that's why you won the last game. The truth was there. It's <laughs> true. Paul Pierce came up clutch to Boston. But what we're talking about is his enemy right now in LeBron. But, but yeah, I mean, there, I, I, I don't see a, a place where he takes a year off. Like, if you take a year off. No. Like, Sure, it helps your body recover, but then you're not playing NBA basketball, and you're old. Like that's not an easy switch. And here's the thing: LeBron is one of few people that truly is in love with the game of basketball. I think it's his wife, his kids, and then basketball is close behind. Mm-hmm. I don't think, he, as a lover of the game, he would take a year off. No, I think he loves the game too much. Yeah, I agree. But it is interesting because. The, he, he mentioned this also in the post-game report, but not many people are talking about. The Lakers have a lot of questions this offseason. They only have really four people on their contract. It's LeBron and AD for combined like 90 to $100 million. And then they have Jared Vanderbilt and Max Christie. And then they have a couple of restricted free agents like Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura. And Austin Reeves Rui Hachimura also reads more, are going to get a bag. Mm-hmm. And if they match that, then you're looking around like, where's all the money? Mm-hmm. And they only have five people in the roster. Yeah. So the Lakers have a lot of questions this offseason. They do. They do indeed. They have a lot of questions. And there's the odds of where LeBron will play for next. The Lakers are, you know, of course the favorites, at, uh, under 700. And then everything else is plus and the next is no team. He retires at plus 500. So, you know, that's a good possibility. <laughs> then the Cavs are plus 12. Makes sense. And then the, the Warriors are <laughs> 1,500. And then the Knicks are also 1,500. So maybe I bet $5 on LeBron going to the Warriors just, you know, to see what happens. Over the past week, I've been sending a lot of LeBron to the Warriors trades to Danon just to kind of mess with them. I don't think it's going <laughs> to happen. But I think it was Nick Wright had one. Whereas, like, Jordan Poole, Kaminga, and Moody for LeBron. And I was like, bro, that'd be a fleece of the Lakers. To get rid of three guys who two of them barely played in your rotation, and Jordan Poole, who's now a locker room question mark because of his beef with Draymond, 
And it seems like they're going to take Draymond's side this offseason. What Steve Kerr and all of them said. Yeah, yeah. So if you take Draymond's side, do you really want to bring back Poole? I mean, there's a lot of questions for us, too. <laughs> Yeah, but but if you could flip those three guys for LeBron, for LeBron, yeah, and then play LeBron with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, holy crap, bro! Yeah, that'd be insane. That would be, that would be. I don't know if I want to say better than Durant. Oh, hundred percent better than Durant, because LeBron is is transitioning less from scoring to passing. That's he true. won the assist title more recently than the scoring title. That's true. Yeah. LeBron's turning more into Magic Johnson than he is Michael Jordan. Yeah, and Steph and I mean Steph can still shoot. I don't know. Clay. Imagine he needs the, to find his shot. The spacing that he would create for Steph, like KD created spacing, but that was mostly on the outside in the mid range. So like they were still close enough to help on Steph. Mm-hmm. LeBron would draw everyone in. That's true. Yeah. That would be insane. And the amount of rest LeBron could take, saying. I got, I got Steph Curry I can send out on a regular season day. He would be able to chill in. He would take the Al Horford approach. Never play back-to-backs. Take a break whenever you want. Send him Blake Griffin his stunt double to play some games. Like, LeBron would thrive in Golden State. Yeah. It's just the whole the, – the extra stuff that comes. I don't know. It's just – I could never have LeBron on the Warriors. That's the thing. He looks real ugly in the jersey. Yeah, he does. He looks terrible. Yeah. And it's just like, come on. We don't need another KD. Like, we we don't need LeBron to win. Like, we've proven that over and over again. So, yeah. Well, the Lakers are out of the playoffs. We've talked enough about them. Yeah, and the Lakers have won the same amount of Western Conference Finals games as the Warriors this year. So, suck it. It's true. (laughs) Dan's way to say that. But we'll get into the series that's still going on. Adam Silver is a giddy little boy right now because he was worried both series would end in a sweep and then we'd have 10 days with no basketball. So He's a happy camper, a yeah, happy commissioner. <laughs> so the Celtics wake up in game four. They battle it out. Uh, they survive the Gabe Vincent, Max Drew shooting to win a game Miami and then come back home game five last night and absolutely blow them out, mm-hmm. destroy them. Uh, Marcus Smart was amazing. Got to give flowers to him. He shot the ball really well, set the tone immediately from defense. I will point out, it's Derek interesting. Derek White. Before we get into Derek White, because I don't want to talk about him. The first play, the opening tip, Al Horford did not jump for the ball. And this is interesting. Some people point out this is like very Bill Belichick type of play where they wanted to start on defense. They basically won the coin toss and said, we'll kick. Because in that first play, Marcus Smart set the t- uh, tone and got a steal. And that set the tone for the rest of the game. Defensively, they were going to outman Miami. So I was, I was like, whoa, that's big brain. Yeah. I mean, they really shut down Bam and Jimmy. I mean, Bam got going there in a little bit of the third. He had like eight straight points. But when you're holding Bam and Jimmy to like under 20, I don't know how many they finished up with, but like around 20, you're going to yeah. win. Like, that's their offense. There's no way. We, I mean, we keep saying it the role players, the, un, the undrafted guys or whatever. But there's no way that they can carry the team yeah. when they're not really performing. Yeah, like when your leading scorer is Duncan Robinson in the game, that's embarrassing for Jimmy Butler. And no one's talking about it, but I got to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler was garbage in that game. He hit a couple shots, but he kind of just went MIA. Mm-hmm. Now, understandably, when the team's running up the score like that, it's kind of hard to get back in the mojo. But you had moments where you cut the lead down to 10 points. You could have... Went Jimmy Butler mode on him. 
And you let Duncan Robinson outscore you? Yeah. I mean, he keeps saying that we're okay. We're going to win the next one. Like, we're going to win this one. He guaranteed a win in game six, so we'll see. So, yeah, we'll see about that. I mean, he's always been the big talker, but, I mean, that's what you do when, you, when you're when you Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Right? But, yeah, like you said, I wanted to talk about Derek White some more. Derek White, ugly hair, hairline, just like Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith was tweeting about the hairline last night. Um, but he has been so good this series, so underrated. He's shooting like 60% from the field, 50% from three right now. Absolute beast. Uh, such a good trade acquisition, for last trade deadline by Brad. Um, he's amazing. He's really caring because the J has been inconsistent. And to have four guys drop 20 points last night with an emphasis on Marcus Smart and Derek White shooting, if you can replicate that performance, which I don't think we will, it's going to be hard to do. But no team in the NBA can beat that. No, especially, yeah, when you have Tatum and Brown, you know, going off, and then you have Marcus Smart and Derek White. Like, it's they're built the same as the Nuggets, where they have guys that can give you 20 points at any given night. They just have mm-hmm. to show up. Like, not a lot of teams have that. So I could name, yeah, I could name, you know, Tatum, Brown, White, Brogdon, and Smart. Mm-hmm. Like, or, or Horford. I mean, Horford's probably more of a stretch there. But those hey, five... He gets hot shooting, you know. Yeah, those five, I mean, Marcus Smart or Horford, whatever, those five could give you 20 points on a night. Like, I can say the same thing for Denver, right? You know, Jamal, Porter Jr., Jokic, Gordon, like Bruce Brown or Pope, right? Yeah. So when you have that potential, like, and your backs are against the wall, you're going to play well. So I, I told Corey this yesterday, we both agree, but this next game is... If they if the Celtics win this next game, it's over. They're gonna win. Like yeah. they're gonna win in seven. Like, if you watch that game, you could hear how loud T D Garden was. Mm-hmm. And Paul Pierce already said he's coming back for game seven. And so like if you get T D Garden game seven after being down 0-3, no shot you win the end game. I'm sorry, man. You're just not. You could bring the ninety six Bulls, you could bring the two thousand seventeen Warriors. And I think that T D Garden crowd would drown him out. Maybe. Maybe the Bulls. Could you imagine? Maybe the Bulls, not the Warriors, though. This has never <laughs> happened before. No That's team true. having yeah. home court advantage has forced a game seven after being down 3 0. We've never seen a crowd like that. I think they're going to go crazy. I mean, yeah, they definitely would go crazy, but you wouldn't beat the. the I don't think they'd win, yeah, but I think yeah. <laughs> it would impact the game, the crowd. Yeah, would. that's true. That's true. On a level where I think they could compete. Yeah. Not, I don't know about win, but compete. For sure. But it, it'll be crazy. Um, also, you brought up Brogdon. Of course, they talked about the injury. He has a partially torn ligament or something in his forearm. Yeah. So he was wearing that sleeve in the game, but he had to come out of the first half and he didn't return. So kind of a big blow to him because we're not sure if he's going to be able to play in game six. It affected his shooting, but he was still good defensively. He was still good moving the ball around. Mm-hmm. But I think if Brogdon can't go, obviously we're going to get more Grant minutes, which Grant has been great in this series talking a little trash and all that stuff. But I think Sam Hauser will also get some run. Or Pritchard. You saw Pritchard at the end there. Yeah, Pritchard might get some run. But I like Sam Hauser for the size a little bit more. And either one could beat the zone. You mm-hmm. just need someone in the corner who can shoot threes. That's true, yeah. And for Miami, you still have Gabe Vincent. I don't know if he's going to play. They said it's likely he'll play in game six. Okay. It was a very minor sprain. So we might see him back. But yeah, game six should be the 
the game of the series for sure. Yeah, it'll be crazy. Saturday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time, 6.30 out here in the uh, Mountain West for us. So Hopefully uh, Dave Portnoy is there. He guarantees the Celtics. Dave Portnoy has been going crazy, man. It was crazy. Uh, I don't know if I told you about this. Did I tell you about the Dave Portnoy dinner? Yes. Yeah, he yeah. reserved the dinner for the Celtics yeah. team. And so he was like gassed team. himself after game three. He was like, that's all me. That's all me. We brought, I brought them together. I unified them. Uh-huh. So if we win it all, it's because of Dave Portnoy. He said it. He said it. Let it go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that it should be good. It's it's good as an NBA fan just to have more games, of course. Oh, like, yeah. We know that we know it's incentivized or, you know, persuaded, manipulated. Like you could say rigged on an extreme level, <laughs> but the NBA wants more games. It's just it's facts. true. It's just makes sense. They want a game seven. They want history to be made. Like it, it, they want to be able to talk about more. They want their ESPN shows, the Fox News shows, to talk about basketball mm-hmm. because that's what's important right now. Like you got the NFL draft already expired. You got MLB is in the dog days where it's just like 162 games. Like yeah, it's like the first. Fourth of the yeah, season. it's like you're hype at the beginning, and now you're like, "Wow, it's every day." Yeah. So the basketball is the most hype thing. Well, yeah. you got oh, hockey, but playoffs. Yeah. Both those series are kind of boring too. That's like, true. One was a sweep. One's in game five right now, about to be a sweep. Mm-hmm. So NBA is like, they're it's like, please the Celtics, lights. please, 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 force game seven. All the lights are on the NBA right now. Yeah, yeah. it's their time. So, yep, Saturday. Well, that should be a good one. Um. We want to do a little uh, segment here just on coaches. There's a, a lot of coaches that have been fired and a lot of teams without coaches. Yeah. A lot right of now. really good rosters without coaching. Mm-hmm. And so there's going to be a little coaching carousel where they kind of switch teams. So we want to kind of rank the available coaches right now. So we have five that are notable, which is Doc Rivers, Frank Vogel, Nick Nurse, Mike Budenhoser, and Monty Williams. And so... Let's let's just give it to Corey first. Where would you rank them? So, I don't know, I've been going back and forth a lot on this. Um, I think the first coach that I would most want if there's an opening, I think it's Monty Williams. Really, I really like Monty Williams, just because I know the players respect him. Like I understand. He had two blowout elimination games on his home court in his last two years. And that's pretty bad. I understand why Phoenix fired him. But I don't put that all on him. Like, you can't account for Luka Doncic outscoring your team in the first quarter. You can't account for all these other things. You can't account for Jokic just cooking you guys and hitting everything. But I, put, I, I in general, put a lot more on the players when they play bad than the coaching. And I think Monty Williams has a respect of players, and so I think he would be my number one choice. Okay, okay. I would probably pick Nick Nurse as my number one. Uh, he he did get lucky in the NBA Finals, right? You know, but that that happens. Like players get injured. You know, you have a few shots drop. You have a star go off, stuff like that. But what he's been able to do with the crappy Ra- Raptors teams that he's had made him look like decent like you look at the roster of the Raptors it's like Van Vliet like come on like he's okay but he's a short little guy like, come mm-hmm. on then you have Siakam who's like your best player and he's he's great like he's a good player but he's not like an all-star 
Like yeah. they don't they don't have any all stars on their team, and yeah, they didn't make the the playoffs because of the play in, but they're they're a great team, and I think it's because of the the coaching has made them better. And yeah. So I think just Nick Nurse, what he's been able to prove and do, I think he's a top top choice right now for a team that's like wants to get to the next level. Yeah, that's a good pick. I think for number two, my rankings might surprise you. I'm going to go Frank Vogel. Okay, okay. I think he get, does not get enough credit for that 2020 Lakers team. I think that defensive team that he built was amazing. And there are very few coaches that can build a defense like Frank Vogel can. And I think any team would be lucky to have him. I think LeBron used him as a scapegoat because we saw Darvin Ham came in and wasn't able to do much with that roster. They had to overhaul it again to give him a shot. And so I think... Frank Vogel was kind of a scapegoat, and I think he's become underrated right now. Mm-hmm. So he'd be the probably the second coach on my list. Yeah, I think I'll agree with you on that one, just because yeah, what he's been able to do, even in the Pacers too. Uh, well, he's the coach over there. Uh, he he just never had like a you know a team with championship DNA, I guess. Like yeah. on their roster, like you have like with the Pacers, you had Paul George's star, but then it's like Roy Hibbert. And Grant or George Hill, just like random players, and yeah, with the Lakers, you had LeBron and AD. But it was, after that, it was like Kuzma, yeah, Kuzma, KCP, Rondo, Rondo, like come on, Drummond, Dwight Howard. So like the only the only coach on here, we'll we'll get to him. But the only coach on here who has had multiple chances is Doc Rivers. Yeah, and I'll just say I'll just say it now. He's last on my list. Yeah, I love Doc <laughs> because he's Boston, but he is last on my list as well. He has proven that even with the best roster he's ever had, he cannot win. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's kind of like three strikes you're out. You're like, oh, you choked to the Celtics. You choked to the Clippers. You choked to the Sixers. It's like, how many tries are we going to give this guy? Mm-hmm. So would you put Bud or Nick Nurse? See, this That's is a hard favorite. one because Bud has the experience, but I think Nick Nurse is a better coach. And so I think I'm going to go with the better coach in this case scenario because I think Nick Nurse has a better basketball mind. I think he has a little fight in him. I think he has a little fire that players will like playing for. I think Drew Holiday even went on record yesterday and, and mentioned how much he respects Nick Nurse, kind of a little recruiting to the Bucks, I would say. So I think I would probably go Nick Nurse at three. So my order would be Monty Williams one, Frank Vogel two, Nick Nurse three, Mike Boonholz a four, and Doc Rivers a five. Okay, yeah, and mine would be Nurse number one, then two Vogel, then three. I'd go with I'd go with Monty, and then four Bud and five Doc Rivers. So, but yeah, but, but like Bud has been a great coach in the past with the the Hawks. I don't know what other team he's done before that. He was assistant coach for a while. I think in the Spurs. Oh, he's one of Popovich's. Yeah. So, like, he has he has a lot of experience for sure. But this last season, like, just the failure of a season it was. Shout out to Young. It wasn't a failure. It was a success. <laughs> the success of the season. They won. The, <laughs> they got in the playoffs. In five is not a failure. <laughs> so, so, with just the how the season went and just, yeah, and – the they they won a championship with him, but yeah. I will say it's the same kind of thing as the, you know, the Nick Nurse one, like with the Raptors. It's 
they had to go through an injured Kyrie and injured James Harden, KD's big toe. Yeah. And then they had got that. Luckily, and the Sixers choked, and they got to play the Hawks. And then you get to the Suns, and you're like, wow, Chris Paul's kind of old. And so you're like, a lot of things had to align. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, they didn't do anything dirty. No. But and that's how you a like, lot of win things, championships. You have to have luck. Yeah. They got pretty lucky in that run. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, just the decisions Budenholzer made this year. There's there's a lot of question marks there. Yeah. So which no disrespect to any of these coaches, I think all or five are really good coaches, and they probably will get another job mm-hmm. in the NBA, and they're lucky because there's a lot of really good openings that they can step in and compete for another championship. So that's true. We're nitpicking them, but they're five of the best. Which one will go? Well, this is the question. Which one will go to the Charlotte Hornets, the most desirable <laughs> coaching job? They haven't fired their coach yet. They haven't fired the, no. the Clifford, the return? <laughs> no, they haven't fired him yet. I think it's because <laughs> Michael Jordan's could... not thinking about uh, coaching. He's thinking about selling the team. <laughs> it's because they, they uh, had Clifford, right? And then they fired him, and they're like, oh, crap, we need to look for a coach so that they couldn't find anyone. They brought him They back. brought Kenny Atkinson in, and they said, he looked around and he said, uh, no. I'm going back to Golden State. <laughs> it's pretty comfy where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see what happens. But we're on to move into our bet segment here. I know there's no games tonight, but luckily the odds are already out for tomorrow for Celtics Heat Game 6. Huge game. Dana, unfortunately, won their last bet because the Celtics just, just sucked. <laughs> so he gets to pick between the Celtics and the Heat. Celtics are three-point favorites on the road opening up. So this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that the Heat win, but it's not by – wait, wait. No, it's Celtics by three, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, the Celtics are favorite. Yeah, they're favorite. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Dang, okay. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Heat. Ooh. <laughs> I, was, I thought it was the Heat favorite by three. No, the Celtics are. Okay. Dang, that's interesting. Because if, if the Heat were favored by three, I would have said – the, the Heat will win, but not by three, so I'd take the Celtics. But yeah. but I think it's going to be a really close game. It will. It will. It's it's going to be a hard, hard fought battle for sure. I think the pressure's on the Heat, so it's going to see how. Because you know Jimmy Butler's going to respond. He's going to play well. Mm-hmm. But how the all these other players, the Bay Matabayos, can respond to all the pressure that's on them now. Yeah. I just want it to be close. There's been too many games where it's been a blowout. Uh, mm-hmm. Like. In the at least in this series, yeah, there hasn't been really a close one. The you got the game two with Grant and Jimmy Butler arguing that was close. That's true. Game five was pretty close for most of the game until the end. Um, not game five, game four. Um, so there's yeah. been some good games, but a lot of them have been like, wow. We need another watching. one like game two or or a new game where it's just back and forth until the final buzzer. Yeah, but but we'll see what happens. We'll see. Well, uh, who can pull out, who can uh, win the series, because this is the Game 7 pretty much. So I uh, w- hope you guys are all watching. It should be a great game. Um, it's been a good podcast. Any other words? No, I think that's it. Well, we hope you have a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. Maybe we'll have a finals matchup already set. Maybe not. We will, we will see how that plays out. But that's going to do it for us on Four Wins in June. We'll see you next time.